Okay, guys, I know y'all tuned into another episode today of Hot Takes with TP3. Before we get things started, um, we got a quick word from our sponsors. The first sponsor of today's episode is Prize Picks. I don't know if y'all are familiar or not with Prize Picks platform and how it works. If you download the app and you use promo code TP3BETS, you will receive a 100% instant match deposit of up to $100. So you deposit $100, you get $100 back. Let's say you deposit $50, you get $50 back, and so on and so forth. Um, how it works, guys, you pick two to six players, and if they'll go over or under their projections, more or less, um, you get up to 25% or 25 times your money on that. Let's say tonight you want to pick Luka Doncic to go over 28.5 points, LeBron over 7.5 rebounds, Dalvin Cook over 86.5 rush yards, and let's say you want to go with Jameis Winston under 205 pass yards, something or other like that, guys. It offers a ton of sports. That means you can have NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, PGA, college football. The list goes on, on, and on. They even have tennis, NASCAR, Anything you could possibly want, it is on there. I promise, guys. Prize Picks is available in your state. Download the app to check and make sure it's in your state. Once again, use code TP3BETS. It takes about 60 seconds to pick everything and deposit. It's easy withdraw, easy deposit. Once again, use code TP3BETS if you want to sign up for Prize Picks. Guys, our second sponsor for today's podcast is Alloy Sports. Look, I know a lot of y'all have listened to our podcast for a long time, but y'all are probably wondering by now where I get my stats and trends from. Well, if you want to build winning systems and use trends and stats like I do, download the Alloy Sports app. The app, the link is in my bio on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at TP3Bets. Go click on it. Download it, guys. I promise, guys, it will help you guys bet like a pro. If y'all want to use the same trends and everything I do, download it now. Alloy Sports, once again, that's A-L-L-O-Y. S-P-O-R-T-S, Alloy Sports. Y'all go download it and give them a listen. How's it going today, guys? We're back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with CP3. Once again, I'm your host, Thomas Penling, coming to you live on Thursday, January 19th, 2023. It is almost time, guys, for a divisional round of NFL playoffs. I'm joined by Ben Gorowitz. Ben, how's it going, man? It's going pretty good. Uh, I had a good wild card weekend. Uh, I went 4-1 and one on the podcast. Obviously, the Giants helped you and I both out there. Um, but yeah, four, coming off a of 4-1 wild card, and, I, and I'll be honest, it, it's a weird situation where I, I picked most of these teams to advance and or cover last week. And this week, I feel like I'm so lost on this board. Yeah, I mean, I can't lie, Ben. This is a tough board this week. Um, last week, I know I won Giants money line. I won Giants spread, which was also my max play. And then I know I lost. I gave out the Bills on here, which was a loser. I gave out the Seahawks. under in the Bengals game, which is a loser. And the, the dastardly Seahawks, who uh, never really had a chance after that fumble. Um but anyway, guys, well, I got gonna... lucky. I got lucky in that under in the Cowboys Bucks game because I gave it out 45 and a half on the podcast. And if you took it, you got 45 and a half, you hit. And if you had 45, then you pushed. Yeah, that was a funny one to see everybody bitching about Maurer missing those extra points. A lot of people lost on that hook. So that was pretty funny. Um, let's talk about let's talk briefly about last weekend's games, guys. Then we're going to give you all our full breakdown and picks for this up this weekend's upcoming games. Ben, first takeaway, I mean, we got to talk about a man, Tom Brady, the GOAT, got absolutely embarrassed. Um, Tampa Bay ultimately fires offensive coordinator Byron Leftwich. Besides the fact that they were embarrassed and the offense sucked, Ben, where's Tom Brady playing quarterback at next year? Um, well, I guess he's got to decide whether he's playing football or not. Um, 
it ain't going to be, it ain't going to be, it wasn't going to be in Tampa Bay with Leftwich. So I, I think step one's been taken care of. Uh, something wasn't clicking with those two. I mean, I get it last, the year before, the first year with Leftwich was great, but also Bruce Arians was the head coach still, uh, who's an offensive minded coach who has called plays. I would imagine his role going to the front office. Um, took a little damaging relationship with Leftwich and Brady because it just didn't work out this year. He's, if he's going to go to a team, it has to be to a team with a good offensive line. It's no secret what Tom Brady needs to be successful, and it needs to be an upfront, strong offensive line. I don't know. I don't know if he retires. I don't know if he comes back. Um, I believe he's 44 now, and a couple years ago he said 45 was looking like the number. See if he holds true to that. I mean, a, a lot has changed in his personal life and, and football life since he made those comments. So he, he still has it. Like his arm talent still there. Uh, ability to read defenses still there. Um, he just needs help. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's 44 years old playing one of the hardest sports that there is. Yeah, I think ultimately he's going to go play for the Raiders, Ben. I think you hit the nail on the head with most of what you said. I don't think he's ready to hang it up just yet. It's not really like he has much to do in his post-football life. I mean, maybe go work, go be in the broadcast booth. I don't think he's quite ready for that just yet. I think he thinks he has one more try at it. I think it's going to be like a Brett Favre, Peyton Manning going out. I mean, typically when you see the goats go out, man, you don't see them go out, you know, on on the pedestal as the champion. You see him go out like Jordan on the Wizards. You see him go out like Manning on the Broncos. Brett Favre, I think he was on the Jets or the Vikings when he went out. Typically they go I out mean, like even that. Serena Williams went out in like the second or third round of the U.S. Open. Like, yeah, exa- I mean, exactly. She wasn't winning. Everyone knew that. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like the Titans have been thrown around for Brady. That doesn't make sense at all. They have Titans are being no thrown around ride. for everybody. Lamar and Rodgers too. Their offensive line is average. There, mm-hmm. Derek Henry would help Brady, but like Brady ain't going to Nashville to throw the ball to Traylon Burks and the rest, like Westbrook Akine and like what? Yeah, he's not going from. Evans Godwin to your best receiver being Traylon Burks. Yeah, I don't know. I haven't looked at the Titans cap situation. Maybe they can bring a receiver or two over for him as well. But no, I'm with you on that. I don't know. It'll be interesting, though, ultimately, Ben, to see what happens here with Brady. A lot for him to think about and to consider what he wants to do with football. Um, Next observation that I had from the weekend, guys, is look, this is a crazy one, guys. Some people are going to hate this take. I don't really care. Daniel Jones, not only is he good, like I said on the last podcast, and that was his legacy game. I think he opened the door potentially, guys, for a quarterback in the NFL draft named Will Levis to go number one overall in this draft. I mean, if he comes out, plays well this weekend, people are – because, I mean, when Daniel Jones came out, he wasn't like the necessary like guaranteed shoe-in, you know, like stud quarterback. He was just a toolsy guy. He was big. The ball, the ball had zip coming off his hand. He's athletic. I mean, all those things are exactly what everyone says about Will Levis. You know, he's toolsy. I think that he opens the door for these toolsy quarterbacks, especially with Josh Allen, too. If these guys get it done this weekend, it only bodes better and better for Will Levis. What do you think, Ben? I, I don't think your thought process is wrong. Um, I just don't see this kid going number one overall. Uh, but I guess it depends on who has that pick. I mean, right now it's a team that doesn't need the quarterback. So it just kind of depends on who we find out who trades. It's probably going to be a draft day trade. Um, so at that point, when we know the team that will trade up, we, we kind of, from reports, we'll kind of know what they're looking for at that point and, mm-hmm. and who they've been interested in. So, um, I mean, I don't think – I think it would be 
one of those picks where you just look. I'm not saying this kid can't be good. I'm just saying that you look back. At, we're going to look back in 10 years and be like, that kid went one. Like, Zach, we're going to look. I mean, five years from now, it's going to be very funny. It's funny now. Zach Wilson went two. Yeah, it is pretty funny. I, I think there's some scouts who are losing some jobs. I'll tell you that. I hate to say it, guys, but me and Ben did come on this podcast and say in no world should Zach Wilson be the number two overall pick. But that's a topic of conversation for another day. Um, also, too, got to give a shout out to Brian Dayball. I mean, this guy, not only is he an offensive guru, but he's just one hell of a coach. Went for it on the key fourth down. He went for it on that first fourth down against the Titans, established the culture and look how far it's taken him now. Uh, ben, last observation I want to get into real quick before we get into a massive weekend of games. Um, let's talk about my Chargers, Ben. How is Brandon Staley still the head coach? Um, well, they made Joe Lombardi the offensive coordinator, the scapegoat. He got fired. I mean, I definitely um, thought he should have been know. fired. I, One of the dumbest plays of the game also, was was running that reverse on that third down where they fumbled it right before halftime, opened the door for the for the touchdown to go and in the half. He also um, said he never felt like his job was in jeopardy. I don't know how you can say that, Brandon, but uh, he he almost needs, and it, it didn't help Nathaniel Hackett. But remember, after like week one or two, Nathaniel Hackett brought in like a like a game management type of coach to help him mm-hmm. out. Brandon Staley needs some help. He he just has no idea how to how to be a head coach. He doesn't. He can't do three. He can't look at the offense, make adjustments. Look at the defense, make adjustments, and do the clock management as a head coach all at once. So he needs help. He needs an offensive coordinator that can call his own plays and work with Herbert. He needs a defensive coordinator that he can get along with and make adjustments with. And he needs to figure out how the NFL football game works in terms of clock management because he is so lost and he gets so outcoached in every single game. Um, But same time, once again, here we are in a big Chargers loss. Mm -hmm. All the blame is only being put on Staley. Justin Herbert somehow is like a magician with these excuses. There's a new excuse every single loss. They really only needed one touchdown in the second half to put that game away. They were up 20, was it 27-0 they were up? Um, I think it was, I think it was 27 Yeah, 27-0. Put the game away, Herbert. He has so many weapons, and at times their offense just stalls out. It's not Joe Lombardi's fault. Herbert just isn't as consistent as what people people think he is Joe Burrow. He's in that category. He's not. He's not Joe Burrow. He's not Josh Allen. He's not Patrick Mahomes. Like, this guy gets the royal treatment, and he has accomplished nothing in the NFL. He's accomplished nothing, but he's put on Burrow's pedestal. I'm going to have to strongly disagree with you on this one, Ben. I mean, we've disagreed I, on Lomb- Lombardi ran the ball eight times in the second half with that lead. I mean, you have Austin freaking Eckler, the second best running back in the NFL, arguably, and you're not even to give him the football. Like, give me a break. I thought Lombardi 
called bad plays most of the season. I mean, he was missing his top two weapons. I thought that Staley should have been out of there, though, along with him. I don't think there's any way you can possibly have Brandon Staley stick around. I thought they should have gone for it on multiple fourth downs, and especially the one at the end of the game. That was the dumbest one to me because odds are, I mean, first of all, you're a defensive coordinator, and you can't get a freaking stop in the second half. How the hell are you the defensive guru, and you can't even stop them a single time? That part doesn't make any sense to me. And then on top of that, at the end of the game, they should have gone for it on that fourth and five. Okay, you don't get it. Jacksonville gets the ball there on 30. They score. You're still going to have a chance to get the ball back and score rather than you kick it deep to them and your defensive guru can't dial up anything to get a stop. Like, give me a freaking break. Also thought the refs hosed Joey Bosa. I mean, there was obvious they holding they didn't call. And then so I don't like you should not be able to call a penalty on somebody if that you miss a call that results in them getting penalized for cussing you out. Like he literally obviously blatantly got held and then he cussed the referee out and got flagged for it. Like that was stupid. I mean, dude, Brandon Staley should not be the head coach of this team anymore. It is just dumb. They're going to keep him around. And that's ultimately going to be the reason, Ben, why the Chargers are not going to win the Super Bowl again next year. I'll go ahead and guarantee you the Chargers don't win the Super Bowl next year. They can just join the Falcons Super in that Bowl, poverty. They, But that's what I'm talking about. You you think, not it's not just you, but you think the Chargers could win the Super Bowl. Dude, they, they struggle to make the playoffs on a year-to-year basis. This isn't like this isn't some great team. This is a team with a lot of talent that has never put it together since drafting Justin Herbert. And if you look at the Giants, the Giants have no, almost no talent. I mean, look at their wide receivers, Isaiah Hodgins, um what's the other Richie James? I mean, these got none of these guys are even I don't even know if any of these guys are drafted in the 3rd round that are playing wide receiver for them right now. It's Jones, Barkley, Dayball and Wink Martindale. I mean, the defense sucks too outside of Dexter Lawrence and Kayvon Thibodeau. It's all coaching. You plug in there Sean Payton with this offense and you're winning a damn Super Bowl. I don't care what anybody says. You keep Brandon you keep loser Brandon Staley in there and you will struggle to make the playoffs once again and get bounced first round just like what happened this year. Anything else? Nothing else. <laughs> no, I mean, they're, they should We're, never be mentioned. They're not Super Bowl contenders. They're just No, not. I agree with you 100%. If Brandon Staley's your head coach, you're not a Super Bowl contender. Um, Yeah, all right, let's keep it moving here, guys. Look, Ben didn't want to do the recap, guys. I knew we had to have it out on the Chargers. I had taken <laughs> it. We had taken stances on them all season long, Ben. We had to have it out on them. Unfortunately, I have to agree with Ben at this point because Brandon Staley is an absolute loser. But let's get things started here, Ben. We're going into picks now. We're going into our game analysis here. We're going to start things off at, um, I believe it's a, yeah, it's a 430 kickoff in Arrowhead. The Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Jacksonville Jaguars. Kansas City's going to be laying eight and a half points over the total in this game is at 53. Ben, take us away. I'm struggling on this one. Part of me thinks, um, you know, take the Jags. I don't think Trevor Lawrence is throwing another four interception type of game. Their offense is good. You can run the ball um, with ETN. The wide receivers are playing at a high level for Jacksonville. And part of me feels like the Chiefs blow them out. Just like a 31-13 type of game. Uh, I have not made a pick on this game yet. It's very much going to be a game-time decision. But here's a stat for the divisional round. Road dogs... Road underdogs are covering 74% in the last 19 years. Uh, One seeds, which is obviously the Chiefs and the Eagles, they get the bye. The bye doesn't always help. One seeds in that same time frame are 13, 25, and 1. 
And when the uh, when the team is favored by ten points or less, they're eight mm-hmm. twenty four and one. It's just a brutal stat for teams that have been the one season in the last twenty years, nineteen twenty years, um, not covering at a high rate. Um, Andy Reid's uh, phenomenal off off a bye in terms of straight up. I think he's twenty seven and four in his coaching career off of a bye straight up. I don't think there's many people taking Chiefs money line in this game. Um, off a spread, he was unbelievable. And in the past couple of years, he it's come way down. Mahomes off of a bye is like three and two mm-hmm. um, against the spread. Um, so the trends don't, the trends absolutely favor the Jaguars here. I just can't convince myself as of right now to take the Jags um, because I will always give a pick on this podcast and I'll hold myself responsible to it. Um, I am leaning towards taking the Jags. So I would, I would, for the podcast, I'll take Jags plus, uh, what's it, seven and a half? Uh, Jags plus eight and a half. Sorry, I was yelling at my dog. He's chewing up the rug right now. <laughs> um, yeah, Ben, I'm on the same side as you here. I like that trend you went ahead and laid out. Um, also, too, a trend that I don't know if you said this one or not. When um, teams are in the same spot and the favorite is less than 10 points, the favorite is 8-22-1 against the spread. Yeah. And on top of that, road teams that missed the playoffs the year before, there's 26-12 and 12 against the spread over the last 20 years. I mean, ultimately, when you think about this game, a lot of things you said are pretty true here, like – feels like either Kansas City is going to blow them out in this spot or the Jags are going to keep it close. I just feel like, you know, these teams played earlier in the season. Doug Peterson's a pretty good head coach. He's going to have a run attack dialed up here for Andy Reid and, and company. I think that they can squeeze it out. Plus, Mahomes hasn't been that great laying big numbers at home. Um, I don't have the exact number on that. I can't remember what it was, but I know a lot of people were trying to use it for the Raiders to cover against them, which definitely did not happen. But, I mean, even look at the Raiders' run attack. They were able to move the ball up and down the field on them. It just is ultimately that Kansas City was able to get turnovers and stop them on fourth down. I think it's going to be a high-variance type game. Jacksonville, I think, will be able to keep it inside of a touchdown, but who knows? They could come out here and get absolutely smacked to the mouth. I'm going to take the plus eight and a half, though, and hope that Trevor Lawrence and company can keep it close. I like their – also like how they kind of have, like – I wouldn't necessarily say it's like a um uh um like what's the word I'm looking for here offense that not a lot of teams run I would say it's not like uh um I can't think of the word I'm looking for here but it's basically not like an offense you see every week I feel like they run like a ton of quick passes and they run the ball a ton like you feel like you don't really see like a quick passing offense that run like the tree like the route trees and stuff that they run so I think it kind of is like one of those type of offense unique there we go I think it is like. I wouldn't say it's like a unique, like the Ravens type offense, but I think it is a little bit of a different type of offense that I think can lead to them having some success here. And also, too, Jacksonville's defense has been able to get some pressure on the quarterback over the last couple of weeks. That defensive line has been coming, coming, coming. So, you know, I'm, I feel like I feel like eight and a half is a generous number. You know, I feel like it's one of those games like Ben, if the Chiefs were minus seven, what would you do in this game? Uh, I'd probably still take Jacksonville. Okay. Or I or I would tease the Chiefs to get a money line. <laughs> See, exactly. Like I feel like if it was at eight, if it was at seven, like I think that a lot more people would be betting. Anything on the under Chiefs. seven, anything under seven, I bet the Chiefs. Yeah, exactly. If it was six and a half, you would take the Chiefs, you know? But like if it was ten at the same time, you would take the Jags, right? I would. 
Yeah, see, this number is kind of no man's land, in my opinion. But I, ultimately, I think it's the right number. I think this Jags team's been trending upwards. I think it's big, you know, for Lawrence to get those four interceptions out of the way. So we'll see what happens in that one. And no, nothing, nothing heavy in that one, guys. But I do like the Jags plus the seven or plus the eight and a half in that game. Game number two here, guys. We got the Giants taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going on the road in this one for the Giants. The Eagles are seven and a half point home favorites. The total in this one's at 48. Ben, let me start off with this one. We are going back to the trends that we that me and Ben used earlier. The um where their teams favored by less than 10. Um, fading the one seeds in the second round of the playoffs, which is the 13, 25, and one ATS trend. And this is also a road team that missed the playoffs the year before. These teams are 26, 12 against the spread over the last 20 years. Top of that, though, guys, let's go back to another trend I used last week. This is the spot for Danny Dimes. You want to back him in these spots. On the road, he's 18-7 and against the spread. As a dog, 27-15 and against the spread. As a road dog, 17-5 and against the spread. The Giants are 11-2 now as an underdog this season. Cleet Blakeman will be the referee in this game, the underdog in playoff games. In his last 11 playoff games, they are 9-2 against the spread. The Giants are 4-0 this season in division games where they Add play the team for card. the second time. On top of that, Teams with an 80% plus win percentage are are uh, 38 and 58 against the spread and 19 and 30 against the spread when those games are in the divisional round. Um, let's see. My last trend, Ben, this is the one I was telling you out on text. Road teams in a divisional playoff game are 14, 4, and 1 against the spread when the spread is under 9. Therefore, that's the Giants in this spot. I'm sp- I will say this, though, guys. It does look like there's going to be a decent bit of public money that probably comes in the Giants based off their performance last week and based off how the Eagles looked in the last week of the season. I'm not going max play for that reason, but I am taking the money line for a unit plus plus uh, 280. I mean, that's basic a max play since I'm going for two units on it, but that's the way I'm dividing my bet up. I'm taking the spread and the money line in this game. I got another uh, trend for you. Okay. Um, division... Divisional dogs, they're barking. Divisional dogs are five and one against the spread. Um, in the same in the same trend that I was giving out for uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Um, road dogs covering seventy four percent the last nineteen years. Divisional dogs five and one against the spread. Um, in the in their six most recent chances to get that done. This is a weird matchup because, like, week 18, the, the Giants look pretty good, mm-hmm. uh, but they also weren't playing a lot of their guys. It hurts was was a little, little banged up. Um, but I believe the Eagles swept the matchup. I think the Eagles won in New York and in Philly in the regular season. The Giants have not won in Philadelphia since 2013. It's a decade, folks. And they yeah. play every single year. Once a t- once They play one game in Philly every single year. Um, but the difference is like the Giants, honestly, the Giants at the last 10, uh, the last decade have been one of the worst franchises yep. in the NFL. I mean, the, the Jets and the Giants haven't done much. This is not the same Giants team, not the same Giants culture. Um, but that is a significant stat. I'm going to take the Giants plus seven and a half. Um, and I'm going to take the under because of that referee stat under 48 Giants plus seven and a half. 
Yeah, I've been. I actually had had some huge understats. I think I might have sent you a screenshot of it, but it was basically like teams that rank top ten in the uh, running the football when they play each other in the playoffs. Like the unders, like hits it an insane number. And so on top of that, with really good under trends going in this game, seven and a half points, a lot of points for a game that might go under. Um, I will say this though about Philly, Ben. The one thing that kind of like that was really keeping me away from this game is a max play. Is just that I mean, Phil. I think that is an advantage for Philly that Jalen Hurts came back and played in the uh, in that last game. Like I feel like that the fact that he was able to get out there and get some of. The, I mean, he looked bad, but he got some of the rust off. You know, I thought that was huge that he's able to get some of the rust off. And then I just think though that has kind of like changed the perception really of Philly because you know if Jalen Hurts doesn't play in that game and the Giants or and the Eagles still come out there and win the game with Minshew. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if this spread was like nine and a half, you know, I, I mean, plus with how good Daniel Jones looked in a big time televised game. Like, let's be honest, the Giants really haven't been playing like high TV games. Yeah, they've been doing well and they're the best ATS team in the NFL this season. But like somebody who doesn't watch, you know, I mean, that doesn't pay as close attention to the NFL as us probably doesn't know those things until last week when they beat the, when they come out and beat the Vikings. On top of that, though. I mean, I like the fact, though, that Martin Gale, you know, he loves to blitz. I want to see what Jalen Hurts is going to do under that pressure. So, ultimately, I think that that is the one thing keeping me away from Max and out. I do think it was an advantage to the Eagles. And also, too, like, I know you watched that game in Week 17, so did, so did I. I mean, Week 18, so did I. I mean, the Eagles really didn't go for it on fourth down. They usually go for a lot of fourth downs. They were just kicking field goals, taking the points. So, you know, it goes both ways. They kept it close. But ultimately, like I said, all those stats, I got to take the Giants and sprinkle the money line here. I trust the better coaching staff. So what's interesting, and let me know if I'm wrong. So the mm-hmm. week 18, all the Philly, all the not Philly, all the Eagles had to do to lock up the one seed was just win that game. Yeah. The Giants had already were already resting people. They didn't start and then sit them out. They were already resting. The Giants already knew that they were going to be are they the five seed? Six. Yeah, they had no Six. way of getting they anything did, else. Right. So they were locked in. I would imagine Wink Martindale is a big-time veteran defensive coordinator in this league. He's been around the game for a while. I would imagine Jalen Hurts did not see some stuff that that Ooh. will be thrown at him um, mm-hmm. in this week. And because I think the, the Giants, you could look ahead and say, okay, if Philly wins this game, that's our second-round matchup. I, am I re- – I think so, right? Uh, yeah, no, I would I would 100% agree. That's a great point, Ben. I didn't even think of it that way. I like that now, a lot. But the thing is, the other side of it is these two, these two teams know each other very well. Same division, mm-hmm. played each other twice already. I just think there's something that they might add on in, in terms of a blitz coverage because uh, that's what Wink Martindale's known for, that Jalen maybe hasn't seen yet, so you have to do an in-game adjustment. Listen, everyone knows I'm, I'm a massive Jalen Hurts fan. Um, he has all the weapons. Miles Sanders was like mm-hmm. fourth or fifth in the NFL in rushing this year, I believe. Um, Sirianni and Hertz are clearly on the same page with each other compared to year one together. Devontae Smith went from a really good rookie year to one of the best wide receiver twos in the league. And AJ Brown was a tremendous addition. Offensive line coming back. Like giants have all their players flag. This is a matchup we haven't seen this year, even though they've already played twice. This is the most healthy. The giants defense has been all year. Um, the Eagles are a little banged up with guys playing. Like Lane Johnson playing. We know he's having surgery at the end of the year. Jalen Hurts is playing. He's probably not 100%, to be honest with everyone. Like, this is going to be a really good game. It's going to be a hard-fought game. Um, and I think the Giants can get it done. I think they can absolutely cover for sure. Ben, one final point I forgot, and we're staying true to it. I know Ben remembers. I know I remember. 
Back in August, me and Ben hopped on the podcast, and we previewed this division. And I said, I thought Philadelphia would have the best record in the entire NFL. I thought they would get the get the and number one it. seed and get the bye. Yeah, and we did bet on all this, guys. Them winning the division and everything. We were on top of it when they were still plus 175 to win the division. Not only were we right about that, Ben, but I said, and you agreed with me, that we could see them being the number one seed and getting knocked off in the first round of the playoffs. All I'm going to yeah, say, guys, is, their, is I'm is sticking Titan, with it. Titans, Bengals last year. Yeah, exactly. I'm sticking with it, man. We got to. All right. That was a lot on that game, guys. I hope everyone enjoyed that game's preview. But let's flip things over here to Sunday's action. It gets even better here on Sunday as we have two great games. Um, Cincinnati versus Buffalo is going to be our first game, 3 o'clock on CBS. Since the total in this game is 48 and a half, the the Bills find themselves as a five and a half point home favorite. Ben, what are you doing with this one? Yeah, I'm going to take the over in this game. Um, besides, like I, I, I wasn't sure. I was leaning towards the Bengals, but I also don't love betting against um, Joe Burrow. What makes me nervous about the Bengals in this game is the Bengals lost Jonah Williams. Um, uh Quick story about Jonah Williams. He sat in front of me in a, mm-hmm. in a class one time. Not like a huge lecture hall. Sat in the desk right in front of me. Had to tap him on the shoulder. Just be like, dude, you mind moving up to the empty seat in front of you? Because I can't see over your shoulder. He's like, yeah, no problem, man. Um, yeah, he got hurt last week. And they're now down three starting offensive linemen. This is Joe Burrow has been, I think, hit more than any quarterback in the league since he's come into the league. Mm-hmm. Um so I think the Bengals are going to have to adjust. I don't think they're going to have a lot of opportunities to throw the ball downfield like they like to do. Uh, I think it's going to have to be the short, quick pass game. This Bills team really does track the ball well defensively. Um, Milano's a tremendous linebacker. Tredavious White and Jordan Poyer are unbelievable in the secondary for them. Um, so I, I just didn't feel comfortable about a side. I feel good about just asking Joe Burrow to get me points on the board. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a reliable kicker in Evan McPherson. The Bills can put up points. This is just the classic can Josh Allen stop turning the ball over in the red zone? He can do that. I think both teams can can move the ball on each other. Uh, and the overtrend has been money uh, in the NFL, um, especially last week. So um, I'm going to take the over 48 or over 48 and a half. I think it is. It's 48 on my book. I'll. I'm keeping it as 48 for the podcast. Yeah, we'll give you we'll give you the best line bin at 48. I'm sure you can find some of those if you shop around a little bit. Yeah. So guys, look, I'm going max play two units, bills minus five. I know it's at five and a half. I took it at five earlier in the week. Look, guys, this is a pros versus Joe's game. 68% of the tickets currently right now are sitting on the Cincinnati Bengals. Yet the line went from three and a half to minus five. Let's go back to the game that got canceled with DeMar Hamblin and everything. The Sharps took this game from a pick to minus two and a half at kickoff, and it even went from two to two and a half, like 30 seconds before kickoff, which just shows you more sharp money just flooding in at the last second. I'll always be on the sharp side. Top of that, guys, like Ben said, the Bengals are down three offensive linemen. They have cluster injuries in the secondary. I mean, let's put it on. Let's be honest, guys. The Bills embarrassed themselves last week. Everybody watched that game. Now nobody wants to touch them, and that's why this – line is what it's at this is the ultimate buy low spot on the bills this team was favored in every single game they played in this last season i think it had only happened like seven times and five out of those seven teams went to the went to the um conference championship round or later 
So that bodes well for them. Josh Allen, though, guys, on seven days rest, 29, 15, and three against the spread. On top of that, he's the fourth most profitable QB in the last 20 years versus teams allowing 20 points per game or less. He's 15, four, and one against the spread in that spot. Also, two guys, Jordan Poyer will be active for the Bills. Jordan Poyer in the Bills are 13 and 0 this season when he plays. And in the last 19 games he's played, they're 18 and 1 against the spread with that one loss coming against Kansas City. Ultimately, the guys, I just feel like this is a very a buy low spot on the Bills. We're getting in at a good spot. Josh Allen knows he's got to take care of the ball here, guys. Josh Allen runs the ball a lot more too in close games. I think he only had like 14 yards rushing last week. I I, I don't take props in fr- in football because I always lose, but if I did take props, I would hammer Josh Allen's rush yards over. I think he's going to run the ball a lot, and ultimately I think Buffalo's going to get it done here in this spot. I can just see it now, guys. DeMar Hamlin's going to come out of that tunnel before the team and fire that crowd up. Orchard Park is going to be – They might. who knows? They might break the record for the loudest stadium when that happens. Give me the bills. Poyer's a stud. I mean – I'll be a little biased and say Minka's the best safety in the league. Minka's like my favorite mm-hmm. Alabama player uh, that I watched live. But Hoyer and Minka, they literally do everything. Like literally, they're unbelievable in coverage. They're unbelievable in open field tackling. They're the leaders of their defense. They get the they get the defense um, set up correctly. Um, it, they're so important to their team. So the fact that they're undefeated with Poyer playing doesn't even surprise me. Let's not, it doesn't help them for this game, but they're missing Micah Hyde, who's also a tremendous safety, mm-hmm. the Bills. So, I mean, their defense has been unbelievable for years, and it's really because of Jordan Poyer being a leader on that team. Same thing for Nick of Fitzpatrick and the Steelers. Um, so, yeah, that, that stat doesn't even surprise me that they're undefeated with him. Yeah, I thought it was a decent stat. I mean, still got to win this game by over five points, but still like the spot. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break and then be back for the last pick. All right, guys, we are back after a quick break for the final part. We have one game left, guys, which is honestly probably the game I'm most excited to watch of all this weekend. Not because it's my biggest bet, but just because I consider myself a, uh, I don't, yeah, I, I, I pull for this team a lot. Um, Dallas Cowboys on the road taking on the San Francisco 49ers. The spread bin actually moved up and not, probably within like the last 20 minutes is back up at minus four. The total on this game is at 46 in this one. I'll start out on this game. I did play the 49ers at minus three and a half. Um, the 49ers are second in the NFL in run defense. Titans were giving up, I think it was like 0.7 yards per game less than them, so they barely have them beat there. Top of that, guys, Dak's going to have to throw the ball a lot. He's the king of throwing interceptions. As he's thrown interception in seven of his last eight games. The only game he didn't was last week against the Trash Bucks. Cowboys' fourth straight road game, the only other teams that have made it this far in the playoffs who were in the same spot. Those teams both lost the game, and both of them got smacked. On top of that, guys, the Cowboys are 2-4 and four with one win last week when playing outside on grass because it slows down their pass rush and they can't get as good a footing. Um, kicking could be a problem once again. I mean, Brett Maurer probably doesn't have his confidence back, and it may not be a good situation for him going into San Francisco. Um, teams playing in the Eastern time zone or central time zone when they're traveling to the West coast, these teams in the playoffs are eight 13 against the spread six and 16 straight up. And the 49ers are 23, 12 and one against the spread playing in the Pacific time zone with Kyle Shanahan. Um, 
Dak Prescott is not as good, guys. He's let's put it this way: Dak Prescott's numbers against teams below 500 are insane. He's a bully. He beats up on the bad teams. Well, you know what happens when he plays against the good teams? Not so fast, Dak. He's 16 and 24 against the spread, playing with against teams with a win percentage over 500. And on top of that, guys, Kyle Shanahan versus defenses allowing 24 points per game or less. 39-16 against the spread. This Cowboys defense has regressed over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, they showed up well against a trash Bucks team. I think the 49ers get it done. No max play or anything here, though. Yeah, this is another one. Um, kind of like the Chiefs and Jags. I, I don't feel good about the side. Like it, it, I don't disagree with anything you said. Um, I, I don't. I think Dak is a quarterback that Cowboys fans, I think they think he is better than he is, mm-hmm. um, which is shocking because I think that means Jerry Jones might have been right because he didn't really want to pay him. Um, he's not right about anything. I like the Niners, but it almost seems too easy. It To me, and you mm-hmm. and I talked about this earlier in the week, I haven't heard a single word since Brock Purdy took over and had that first game where he looked good. I haven't even heard a whisper of someone who even doubts that this team's not going to the Super Bowl. I haven't heard, I haven't even heard another team other than like a Giants fan. I know who's going to tell me the Giants. Everyone that I keep hearing is uh, Bengals and, and Niners, Chiefs and Niners, Bills and Niners. No one thinks any other team can do it. At some mm-hmm. point, Brock Purdy is going to face adversity mid game. Yeah. And he's going to have to figure it out. And I don't know what that team is that can get it to him. I, he's played a multitude of different defenses by now. Is it a really good pass rush like the Cowboys have? I don't know. The offensive line is pretty damn good for the Niners. They do quick screens. They they get the bottom of McCaffrey in space. Like, I don't have a good feel about this game. If I had to lean anything, mm-hmm. I would take the 49ers. So I'll put down that I'm on the 49ers. The podcast because that is definitely where I'm leaning. What uh what is it, three and a half? Yeah, I'll three. still give you the three and a half. Um, I'll say did you did you take three or three and a half? I took three and a half. There's I never yeah. even saw threes pop up. I wish threes popped up. Look, I'm gonna say this though, guys. I do agree with Ben's point. Me and Ben talked about it earlier in the week on the possibility of the Cowboys. It is a little sketchy, guys, that the Niners I mean, also it, it is a little sketchy that it is Brock Purdy's first playoff or his second playoff start. But, look, the thing that comforts me a little bit here, Ben, about Brock Purdy being a rookie starting in a playoff game is the fact that he, you know, kind of looked shaky in that first half against Seattle, and he broke out in the second half and was throwing the ball all over them. On top of that, the Niners' numbers when they have Debo and McCaffrey, and they haven't lost when they have McCaffrey in there. When they have when they don't have Debo, it's like they're like 8-8 eight and eight straight up. But with Debo in there, they absolutely destroy everyone. Who knows? Dallas might be able to come out here and cover the spread. I don't think they win this game outright. I will say I do agree with the sharp money when it came in when it was at four and a half. I mean, with you take everything in, into consideration here, this spread should be lined. I mean, it's probably like a is thir- two and a half or three is probably the correct number necessarily. But like I always say, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to cover the spread just because it's off by that much. I mean, when you're taking a spread of three, you're basically betting on who's going to win the game. Three and a half still because games land on three. I think it's like 11 or 12% of the time. It actually lands on that key number, believe it or not, even though it is a key number. 
So I don't necessarily disagree with the sharp money that came in. That is a good sign, though, for Niners backers that sharp money came back in. I mean, somebody's getting upset this weekend. It would make sense that the rookie quarterback would get upset. I just think that this team is so well-balanced, and this defense is so good, and Dak Prescott turns the ball over so much. The fact they're not going to be able to lean on their run game, I just don't see how the Cowboys can come out here and get it done. Yeah, I mean, like I'll reiterate, I don't disagree with anything Mm -hmm. you've said. I just know the NFL playoffs are not this like the the 49ers are not coasting to a Super Bowl appearance. Yeah. I just don't know when they're gonna get hit with a little bit of adversity. I feel like this I feel like Brock Purdy, since he's really come on, has just been able to go out there and play football. Yeah. And that's not how the NFL playoffs typically go. Um so yeah, I, I, I've just I've just been very confused by a couple games by the two games this week. Mm-hmm. Um I'll re I'll recap. Um, our picks, let me know if I miss one for you. Uh, Bills, Bengals, this is uh, my picks. Bills, Bengals over 48, Giants plus seven and a half and under 48, Jags plus eight and a half, Niners, 49ers minus three and a half for Thomas, Bills minus five, Giants plus seven and a half and Giants money line, Jags plus eight and a half, uh, 49ers minus three and a half. You don't have to go official, by the way, on the 49ers if you don't want to. You can just lean that way if you want. I'll, I'll put it as, I mean, I'll put okay. it as, uh, as a podcast pick. Yeah, I was I mean, going to say, I'm not going to force way, you to go official. It's the way I'm leaning. I just yeah. haven't played it now. You know, I just haven't, yeah. it's, only, it's only Thursday, so I haven't played it yet. Um, I don't think the spread's really changing much from this point. I mean, we're either, we're either getting three, three and a half, or, or I think that's it, really. I don't think we're getting to four. I don't mm-hmm. think we're getting to, down to two and a half. Um, so I, I don't, I feel like I won't miss a number. Yeah, I think we're probably going to hold steady at four. I mean, it would probably be like 3.9. There'll be some three and a half, so there'll be some fours on the board. I think it'll stay in that range, though. There's one point I do want to make on the Giants all year. So the Giants have been – so obviously the Eagles have the best record in the NFL, Mm -hmm. but the Giants have been the best against the spread in the NFL. I think they're 13-4 and on the year covering or something like that um, in the regular season. I feel like early on in the season, midway through the season, and even now, and I don't, I, this can't be true. I feel like the Giants' lines have been disrespectful. Like, I feel like Vegas oddmakers and people see, yeah. oh, that team's more talented than the, than the Giants. But what you can't accommodate for, or what I don't think has been accommodated for, is the Giants have been playing above standards since week one. Mm-hmm. I don't think they are over a touchdown worse than the Eagles. I don't. They won the ball very well. They they stopped the run very well. Um, they've already seen this team twice. I know that they lost to them twice, but they've seen them twice. I, I just feel like the giant the Giants have been over uh, a touchdown or over a touchdown spread. I feel like a lot this year, and they've yeah. won a lot of those games outright. And I don't know if it's because people are just lining up talent versus talent, but they've exceeded expectations all year. And I feel like they're not seven and a half points worse than the Eagles. I I just don't see how they are. I I would have thought it was like four and a half or five. Like there's no reason the Giants can't win this game and, or keep it within a touchdown. I just don't see the Eagles blowing them out at any point. Now it could happen. I just don't see it happening. I think this Giants team plays with a lot of energy, Mm -hmm. a lot of physicality. Most importantly, they play together. They tackle together. They communicate well in the offensive line together. Daniel Jones does not turn the ball over very much. And they play to their strengths. They play to Saquon Barkley mm-hmm. and Daniel Jones's running ability. I, I just, I don't know. I don't know if they continue to be disrespected or if we're finally getting to a number 
to where the Eagles are just going to blow them out. I, I, this whole week is throwing me off. Yeah, Ben, it is kind of weird, too, when you bring that up with the Giants. Like, I remember there was a point in time where I thought they were disrespected. Then I was saying Vegas was taking a stance on them that they suck. And then, I mean, Vegas kind of did honestly take a stance on them that they suck. It was really that, like, it was that Washington game when they beat Washington on Sunday Night Football when that Vegas kind of flipped around on them. Then they got that tight line against the Vikings and covered. Then they beat Indianapolis. I mean, they beat the crap out of Indianapolis. And then they hung around with Philly. And then it's like they it's like they started out so hot. Then it's like they came back down to earth. Like Wait, I remember didn't they beat, Houston. I thought they beat the Vikings, didn't they? Yeah, no, no. They lost on a 60-yard field okay. goal, but they covered. That's that was right. My max, yeah, that was my max bet that week. But like it's just it's been kind of a weird. And they held Jefferson. What? The, uh, Adoree Jackson and the Giants' defense held Jefferson, uh, Justin Jefferson, to a a game where he couldn't. Where the Vikings weren't going to beat you from uh, Justin Jefferson. Like, mm-hmm. That was another one of those teams that they saw a second time in a row, and they solved their offense. Yeah. So this Giants team, it's like. It's almost like we've seen the evolution of them. Like we saw them from when they're underrated, then when they're overrated. Because like I even remember that game against the Texans, I had them on minus five and they covered. But the game on game day went from them being minus five all the way down to like minus three and a half. The Sharps were all over the Texans. I mean, they ended up covering because the Texans fumbled or turned the ball over three times in the red zone. But I mean, it was almost like this team's overrated and look at them now. So you're 100% right, Ben. I think the Giants are playing their best football they played their best football at the beginning of the season. They're playing their best football again now. So I think this team has peaked at the right time, and they battled through adversity. I Let think me ask you that's... something real quick. Real quick. Let me say? ask you something. Just the NFC teams, because I think the AFC teams' uh-huh. expectations, Bengals, Chiefs, Bills, all, all are basically Super Bowl or bust type of teams. The Giants' successful season, no doubt about that. That's not – you can't even argue mm-hmm. that. Cowboys. They make it to the NFC Championship game and lose. Is that a successful season? Hmm, that's a good question. I would say, yeah. I mean, you're a wild card team. The fact you're able to win two playoff games, a wild card team, I think that's definitely a successful season. What about you? I almost, well, I think the Eagles, I think the Eagles are, are, are Super Bowl or bust because they will host the NFC Championship game. Yeah. Uh, best record, I, you know, talent, all that. I think the Cowboys, Here's my thing. I said this um, last year, I believe, mm-hmm. when we did our college football podcast, and I said, or, or I said it two years ago, maybe. I said Michigan's expectations are not realistic. Michigan thinks at the time, or I should say, yeah. thought that they were a national championship school. They hadn't won a national championship in, in forever since you know since the nineties. Mm-hmm. Now their expectations have changed because they've you know been to two playoffs back to back. Yeah. Let me go back to the Cowboys. The Cowboys every single season are divisional favorites to start the year, and then it may change after people put their bets in. People think they're Super Bowl contenders every year. Why? The Cowboys have been one of the worst playoff teams in terms of teams that make the playoffs. Yeah. In the last five to six years, they don't win very many playoff games. Um, so I just like, I feel like Cowboys fans or expectations are Super Bowl or bust. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if this team is Super Bowl good. We'll find out, but I don't think they're Super Bowl good. I just don't. 
Yeah, I don't think they are either. I'm a, I'm with you on that one, Ben. I think that the I think it's I think the 49ers and the Eagles end up winning the NFC. I just think somebody's getting upset this weekend. In my opinion, the public is all over. The, I mean, the public loves the Bengals, so I don't think it's going to be the Bengals pulling the upset cuz I mean, that's the most logical upset. So, I mean, whenever the upset happens, it's always the least logical one. So, I just don't see a world where Jacksonville beats Kansas City outright even though I do think they're going to cover. So, it's got to come from the NFC, so it's going to be one of these two teams. Yeah, it should be a great divisional round. Oh, it should be. I'm very excited to watch the games. I know all y'all are too. Me and Ben will obviously be back next week. We'll have a recap pod. Actually, we'll probably just roll it all into one since, I mean, it's going to be one. I also want to want to at some point recap our preseason predictions as well. I know we probably should have done that before we started the playoffs, got going and everything, but we will get to that at some point as well. But as always, guys, we appreciate everyone who tuned in. Please bet responsibly if you're betting on these games. If you're watching, root for me and Ben to win some money on them. We'll talk to everyone again soon.